0: This is Ed cashmark, the everyday economist, keeping my eye on the economy every day for you with no bluster, no bias, and no bull april twenty one twenty twenty the first uh, economic release that came out today was the same store sales of uh, the uh, reported by redbook uh, last week it was down two percent from the prior year this week or the latest week, which was uh, the week for four eighteen it was down six point nine percent. That is a huge decline. So even though everybody has been out rushing to buy toilet paper and uh, perishable goods and cleaning supplies and all those kinds of things, it still wasn't enough to to offset all of the other declines in all the other categories. So down six point nine percent for the week of four eighteen compared to the prior year. Big big decline. Obviously, that suggests that April overall retail sales are going to come in very, very negative when we get those numbers next month. We also got existing home sales today for the month of March. Prior was 5.76 million. Consensus forecast was 5.335 million. And the actual was 5.27 million. That is a month over month decline of 8.5%, just atrocious, and it brought home sales year over year percent change to 0.8%, so basically hardly changed from, uh, from the prior year. And out of that it says that here in the report that uh, the meeting home price was 280600 up 8% from a year ago, which is nice. And it says prices rose in every region of the country. And uh, it says the biggest decline was in the West, where they were down 13.6% from a year ago. And let's see here. We have another... Uh, little bit more uh, analysis here. Basically, what they're saying is that conditions are going to weaken over the next coming months, obviously, as incomes are lost, jobs are lost, and people are being prevented from going out and looking for homes. So because of the fact that people are be- being prevented from looking for homes, that's going to kind of keep prices rather stable, because there's not a whole lot of activity. So so when the the market is really kind of at a standstill, there's really no downward pressure on supply or upward pressure on uh, on demand or downward pressure on demand or upward pressure on supply. There's really not much right there right now in terms of uh, prices and in terms of activity. So expect prices, at least according to the economist from, uh, from this report, saying that uh, they are expecting prices are not going to be uh, changing a whole lot. Let's see here. Now moving on to uh, the... Oh, one other thing was that uh, the inventory is is pretty tight right now. So that's that's, um, one other thing that they mentioned. And now turning to the oil market. Oh, oil market weighed heavily on the stock market today. The price of crude now moving on to the June contract uh, was... uh, started out at 20.43 a barrel and crashed by almost 36% to 13.15 or so per barrel by the end of the day. Just a massive decline. So as I mentioned yesterday, the huge decline was due to the fact that the uh, May contract was expiring, so there was there was just no storage available for for May delivery, so it crashed down to something like $38 Negative thirty-eight dollars a barrel something like that Uh, but today and then I but I also mentioned that even though the June contract ended at about $20 a barrel that that could fall further and that's exactly what happened so today we saw a big 36 percent decline in oil as the concerns about massive oversupply continue and more and more people are worried that many oil companies are going to go bankrupt if things don't turn around in a real hurry in a couple of weeks. They say it seems like that's about the that's about the turning point. If we don't get things uh, moving in the in the uh, in a better direction in a couple of weeks, we're going to see some real big nasty impacts on oil companies. As a result, the stock market fell uh, over 600 points today, and uh, that, along with the bad retail sales and existing homes data, were big factors in why the market declined. Now I wanted to share something out of uh, my friend's email here, basically just saying that, oh, one thing he said that in Canada, this was yesterday, in Canada, spot prices for, or this is actually, I think, today, spot prices for Alberta heavy oil uh, traded below zero. So that's a spot price. So that's um, really quite, uh, quite eye-opening as well. And let's see here. What else does he say here in the email? Um, well, uh, let's see. India. India is trying to restart their, their economy again, uh, which is we're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, here's here's one other thing he mentioned. Small business uh, paycheck protection program, as everybody knows, ran out of money. And... Um, But unfortunately, a lot of the loans, 45% of the $345 billion, went to companies who were borrowing more than $1 million. Just 17% went to those applying for loans of less than $150,000. So uh, a lot of of the money that uh, was actually meant for small businesses is going to businesses that aren't quite so small. And a lot of smaller businesses are really unhappy about that. Let's hope that that changes in the next uh, round of the uh, of the program. Another interesting note was that the World Bank pandemic bonds uh, are going to pay 132 million dollars to the poorest virus-hit nations. And uh, what's going on here is they're saying that th- some of the triggers that hadn't quite been met yet uh, to uh, to activate payment of the bonds, finally have been met. So the way this works is that investors invest in these bonds, and if, they, if triggers are not met, the investors get their money back. If the triggers are met, then what hasn't been paid back uh, from the time that they invested in the bonds until the time the triggers are met are, is then paid out to countries to help uh, deal with the virus. So $132 million is going to these poor countries to finally help uh, deal with the virus. It's a very interesting thing they got going on there with those uh, pandemic bonds. Let's see what else is going on here. I'm going to try to talk over my neighbor who at the just perfect time decided to run his chainsaw. So... (laughs) What are you going to do when you got to record your podcast and neighbor says, oh, "I think I'll go outside and make a whole lot of noise." All right. So today we had uh, another webinar put on by the National Association of Business Economics and let me just run through a couple things really quick here. Well, let's see. Uh interesting note is that there's a lot more cases of coronavirus in the in the eastern side of the United States, than the West, this guy shared a map, which I thought was pretty interesting, and it showed that some of the bigger states, California, New York, and Texas, appear to be close to or past the peak of of cases. So that's good to see. Uh, one thing he also showed was that uh, between April 19 and April 20, well, April in April 2019, 90 percent of renters. We're making their this was a commercial real estate uh, presentation ninety percent of renters were making their payments in april twenty twenty only only eighty four percent of renters were making their payments so pretty uh pretty noticeable decline there and uh, some of the people that are some of the companies some of the industries that are seeing uh, the biggest share of of, uh, of rent deferrals are movie theaters, building materials, automotive parts, home decor, education, department stores, and restaurants. So those are some of the industries that are, that are really struggling with the, with their rent payments right now, uh, amid this pandemic. Uh, let's see, what else did he share here? Um, well, it was interesting that he showed that, uh, One question was, how would you describe the inflow of new deals this this last week? And this was the share of firms reporting uh, whether or not it was uh, the same, better than last than last week, or or better this week than last year versus weaker this week than last year. And it's pretty noticeable from March 20 to April 17. There's a significant downward trend in all areas of commercial real estate in terms of seeing weaker demand for new deals, and that includes multifamily, office, industrial, retail, lodging, healthcare, seniors, senior homes, and uh, students. Uh, I guess that must be like colleges, and uh, the the most noticeable area was in multifamily, office, and industrial were were the biggest uh, slowdowns. And let's see here, out of that, um, really not much else to share from that presentation. There was one other presentation that was pretty interesting. Oh, uh, th- this, was, this was interesting. This one chart this uh, gentleman showed was a huge, just a huge spike from around 3.5% unemployment uh, before the outbreak to now it probably looks like it's upwards around 9%. So easily the biggest spike in the unemployment rate, at least during this uh, short period of time, that the biggest spike in this short period of time in the unemployment rate, and I don't know, it might go back all the way to the Great Depression, I don't know, but it it is certainly a a massive spike in the unemployment rate. What was also interesting, this chart that he showed, was that there really was no impact from prior uh, epidemic outbreaks. Uh, He showed... The uh, plague of the ec- epidemic in India in 1994. The Malaysia-Nipah virus outbreak in 1998. SARS outbreak in China. Deng outbreak in Singapore. Deng outbreak in India. West African meningitis. Sol- uh, swine flu. Cholera. Yellow fever. Uh, MERS. Ebola. Zika. I mean, it's, it's just all over the place. And there's really no impact from these viruses and, and these, and these uh, epidemics. On the unemployment rate, but now we get to 2020, and COVID just has a huge impact on the on the unemployment rate. So it it almost calls into question: um, was there an overreaction to this virus uh, from uh, global leaders based on what they did by shutting their economies? Were the models really wrong, or did they do the right thing? We still really don't know, but what we are finding out, obviously, is that a lot of the models were uh, way overestimating the number of deaths that we were going to see from this virus. So uh, this chart that this man showed was really, really interesting. Uh, let's see. Another thing he showed was that the curve is bending in a developed world. In other words, the doubling of, of cases is, is slowing down from about every 2 or 3 days uh, at the beginning of the outbreak to now most developed nations are between every 3 days and every week and uh uh and it's less than every week for or it's more than every week for South Korea and China and the world overall is getting close to every week. USA right now is uh closer to every 3 days and uh Same with most of the other developed economies. But what he also noticed was that uh, New York and New Jersey, pretty much all, all the major states that are seeing the largest number of cases right now, are now in the range of doubling of every three days to every week, as opposed to around every day to every two days at the beginning of the outbreak. So that's very, very good news. What he also showed was that Uh, most of the developing world looks a little bit better, but a little bit more behind there. It's really quite spread out. Turkey is close to every three days. Algeria is close to every week. And then there's a bunch of other developing world economies in the middle between every three days and every week in terms of the doubling of cases of COVID-19. And he showed that the business confidence is obviously at very rock bottom (laughs) (laughs) I know there's such a thing as very rock bottom, but rock bottom, and it's composite uh, manufacturing and services, although he mentioned that uh, services, both global and U.S., are doing much worse in terms of business confidence than manufacturing. And that makes sense because a lot of manufacturing is still continuing, especially for health-related and medical-related products, but for services it's it's a disaster restaurants bars sporting events those kinds of things are all really really struggling right now and let's see what else did he show um let's see not much there uh well let's see he showed his this forecast for annual gdp growth uh before the before the, the virus hit was two percent for the United States and, and his revised forecast is now uh minus four point nine percent and that's for twenty twenty. Again, forecasts are all over the board, but this one gentleman said uh four point nine percent. And let's see, for twenty twenty-one his forecast before the virus was about one point eight percent for the United States. And for and now, that now after the virus hit, his revised forecast is for a 6.1% increase. So obviously, he's expecting a big decline in 2020 and a huge rebound in 2021. Remains to be seen if those forecasts uh, pan out. One thing that I was not so uh, keen on was his forecast for the unemployment rate. He's showing uh, a forecast of the unemployment rate going up to about 15%, <clears throat> excuse me, by about quarter 3 of 2020 but he's also showing that the unemployment rate is going to come all the way back down to 4% by the quarter third quarter of 2022 so about 2 years he's expecting to go from 14, from 15% all the way back down to 4% i'm not so sure that's going to be the case i'm thinking we're going to be seeing a much more drawn out and slower decline in the unemployment rate regardless of how high we go because again like i mentioned in previous episodes there's going to be a huge influx of people coming back to work because a lot of people are going to be coming back from jobs that were that were where they were either laid off or where those jobs completely were destroyed or where businesses were destroyed so all these people are going to be looking for new jobs and a lot of those new jobs aren't going to be there because there's not going to be demand for the products and services that those companies provide. So there's going to be massive dislocation in the labor market, and I really don't believe that it's going to be down to 4% in two years. Probably more like around, I don't know, 8 7%, something like that. I don't know, that's just a guess, but I really don't believe it's going to be 4% in two years. That's just too optimistic as far as I'm concerned and let's see what else did he share here uh stimulus so far for the united states has been 2.2 trillion and uh, expecting more and that's about 10% of gdp germany has about 1.5 trillion in stimulus and that's 33% of their gdp japan has 1 trillion of stimulus and that's 22% of their gdp china has uh so far about 250 billion in stimulus which is only 5% of their gdp so again you know like i said before like i said yesterday boy i don't know um really hard to trust anything that comes out of china in terms of statistics or or trends or anything so but it is interesting just to see what that number is in terms of at least <laughs> a wild estimate if that's what you want to call it And let's see here, Um, well, let's see, that's about about it for that presentation. So I thought it was a very interesting presentation, wanted to share some insights from that presentation with you. Now for an update on the coronavirus for the United States currently uh, for April 21. This is about uh, 3.30 Central Time. 176,596 fatalities in 2,543,588 cases for a death rate of 6.94%, which is up uh, from 6.87% yesterday. So continuing to see an upward trend in that, but it does appear to be kind of reaching a little bit of a plateau. So that's good news. And the growth rate in fatalities from the prior day was 3.6%. That's up from 3.3% yesterday and 3.1% the, uh, on April 19th. So after, it's, after it came down quite a bit, there's been a, just a slight rebound in the growth rate of fatalities. And let's see here now for the United States. We have 40 April 21, 44,752 fatalities. 811,478 uh, cases for a death rate of 5.51%, which is up from 5.36% yesterday and 5.3. Actually, uh, it's a, yeah, it's it's up from 5.3%. 5. 5.36% 5. yesterday, so that continues to trend higher, and it looked like it was plateauing a little bit, but now it starts starting to move up again. And for the growth rate fatalities, it was 4%. On April nineteenth, yesterday it was four point eight percent. Today it's hit five point three percent, and it's still growing. Obviously, because we're only halfway through the day here. Uh, I think we're at um, over. We're already over two. We're already over two thousand deaths today for the United States. Uh, uh, so. We saw a slowdown in deaths over the last few days. It looks like we were starting to see some improving in that metric. But now it looks like today is not going to be a good day. So that's not good news. And um, so, so that's the update for the coronavirus. And just one mention, I'm sure you've all heard, but just wanted to mention that Trump uh, has signed an executive order to ban all immigration to the United States to try to slow the spread of the coronavirus. So that's another thing that we should uh, see how that goes. Obviously, it's going to be very politically uh, uh, controversial, but we'll see if that will help slow the spread. Okay, now on to my unemployment tip for the day. This is now the seventh tip, and this is under the first commandment, which is to be thankful for everything you have. And the seventh tip is to be thankful for your phone. Yes, be thankful for your phone, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Can you imagine what it would be like to go through this pandemic without your phone? You wouldn't be able to get on Facebook, you wouldn't be able to get on Twitter, you wouldn't be able to get on all social media, you wouldn't be able to uh, get your email at least on your phone, you wouldn't be able to do Zoom meetings on your phone, you wouldn't be able to... what, what else wouldn't you be able to do on your phone? Right now I'm recording my podcast on my phone. And of course you wouldn't be able to call your friends and family, neighbors and relatives and other people that you want to talk to. So... One of the things that has been very, very important throughout this pandemic is to keep in touch with your your loved ones, especially the older ones who you want to make sure that they are doing okay health-wise and mental health-wise. So be very, very thankful for your phone. Again, um, it's one of the things that's probably more ubiquitous around the world than anything else, but there are still some people who do not have phones, so... Be very thankful for your phone. Just another thing to think about today as you're listening to all the bad news and maybe you're feeling down and out, just be thankful that you have a phone. Okay, that about wraps it up for today's episode. Once again, I have a feedback link on my website, www.adcashmark.com. Also, please, uh, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, please subscribe to my podcast. Feel free to uh, leave a rating, if you would, and uh, a review so that uh, my podcast can get more noticed by iTunes. Please spread the word to your family, friends, neighbors, and relatives. And um, also, if you would like, you can also, uh, for new listeners, you can listen to my previous episodes, especially if you would like to see my previous episodes tips on how to stay sane during unemployment. This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay sane, and have a good rest of your day.